And I'll tell you, my first ever street photos, um, I'm not proud of this, but like I went to my local town center in Virginia where I grew up, and I, I took photos of the people eating outside, like mid-bite. Like I was just, my goal was mm. to take the most awkward looking, unpleasant photos of people. And, and that's what I did. It was really fun and super And you amusing. succeeded, right? And I, oh, I did it. It's not hard to get a photo of someone mid-bite, let me tell you. Um, and, and I had no idea what street photography was at the time. It was just, hey, this is a funny thing. Let's just try it out. Um, but, but reflecting back, yeah, that was my foray into it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's weird and, and, and unpleasant. And I, I don't recommend that. What does he recommend? We'll find out when I talk with YouTube star Josh Katz on this episode of the EOS Photographer Podcast. Hi there, Canon friends. Welcome to the EOS Photographer Podcast. If you are learning photography using your Canon gear, you're in the right place. Here, we speak with great photographers and extract practical lessons for you. From Rebels to 5Ds, the gear you own is the gear we'll feature. Now, here's your host, Linford Morton. Hi there, and welcome again to the EOS Photographer Podcast. This is episode 119. Hi, I'm Lynn, and I am glad to be behind the microphone and talking with you again today. You know, street photography is one of the more accessible yet challenging forms of photography. I mean, think about it. As long as you have a camera, any camera, it's available to you because you just need to go out into wherever you live in the streets and the neighborhoods and uh, you can find stories to tell and with your camera and, and photographs to take and, and you can create your own street photography. In fact, we've been seeing it in one form or another for several decades now. But now if you really want to be good at it, I mean really good, like anything else, you're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to decide what approach you want to take, how you'll go about creating, and whether you engage or not engage, and, and how you deal with people. Well, Josh Katz teaches all kinds of photography, and he has a ton of helpful videos on YouTube and Instagram. You know, I think he has an earnest charm about him when he teaches, and that probably accounts for his popularity. His YouTube channel had 370,000 people who liked it the last time I checked, which is about the same population of my hometown of New Orleans. Think about that. Well, Josh had a video that caught my eye recently, something about how to photograph strangers. And if you hung around my old podcasts, you know that's one of my favorites. I started the 100 Strangers Project in 2011 and just fell in love with the concept. Now I photograph strangers whenever I can just for fun. Well, in his video, Josh talked about four phases of how you approach and photograph strangers. I'll link to his video in the show notes, but we discuss a number of the phases here. And then we talk about all the other kinds of issues you need to know about if you want to take great street photographs. Look, if you want to learn more about street photography and street portraits, you're going to want to listen to this episode. I'm talking with Josh Katz right after this. 
The American playwright Tennessee Williams famously said, America has only three cities, New York, San Francisco, and New Orleans. Everywhere else is Cleveland. Well, we're going to be going on a four-day workshop to one of those three, New Orleans, to one of the more culturally rich cities in America. It's known for food, music, architecture, culture, and we are going to immerse ourselves in photographing all these facets and more. So we'll do food photography. We'll be dining and photographing at a French Quarter restaurant right there in Jackson Square that celebrates the fine Creole cuisine and culture of New Orleans. We'll do live music photography and we'll photograph live music in one of the city's iconic venues. And then we'll also go up to Treme to another one of the iconic venues if you follow that show on HBO. And we'll get two different styles of live music. We'll do portrait photography in one of the distinct cemeteries. You know, they bury above ground there and the cemeteries have a have a really sort of an interesting dynamic look and you can contrast it well in a portrait setting. We'll do travel photography and tell stories about the St. Charles Avenue and the iconic streetcars down in in uptown New Orleans, as we call it. We'll do street photography and you'll capture the energy of Jackson Square in the French Quarter. We're going to do all this and more. And you'll have a wide range of different genres, yet an overall really capturing the essence of an American city. If you really want to to fill up your portfolio with lots of great images of an American city, this is one of the ones you're going to want to do. It's four days, and we're going to be photographing everything from March 12 to March 15. It's completely worry-free because we take care of the food, lodging, and transportation while you're there. It's going to be a wonderful experience. I'm teaching it with Freddie Clark of Santee Photo Photography. He is an amazing beverage and food photographer, as well as an all-around tech, you know, technician with photography and a great teacher as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You can go to NOLA2020, N-O-L-A 2020, dot eosphotographer.com. I'll also have a link to it on the show notes. One of the most fun street photography experiences I ever had was following Josh Katz around Soho in New York City. Josh was leading a photo walk for Canon back when I worked there, and he took a group of us on a walk to find great photo ops. Now, some people try to make street photography too serious. It's like a brooding genre for them. They lurk quietly, pounce aggressively, scurry away cowardly, and they make the whole experience just look like a selfish experience, quite honestly. And what I loved about shooting with Josh is he always seemed to be having fun. He was meeting people, talking with them, asking them to pose. It was just a great vibe and energy. And it's the way I think street photography is most enjoyable. You know, we don't have to be just uptight about it. This is a, a good way to have fun and to, to meet people and to tell stories and to document the cities where you live. Well, in a few weeks, 
we'll be doing the worldwide photo walk. That's Scott Kelby's big photo walk extravaganza. I'll be leading one in New York City from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. from Union Square Park to Washington Square Park, and we'll be doing street photography and street portraits. So I thought it might be a good time to talk about street photography, to start getting ourselves in the right mindset for that event. So check out my conversation with Josh. By the way, after we recorded this, Josh thought of a few more things he wanted to add, so I turned on the recorder again. And we ended up talking for probably another 20 minutes. Just two guys who enjoy street photography talking about how and why we do what we do. You can see that bonus interview on the show notes page. So go to the show notes page for episode 119 and you'll get to hear an extension of our interview. But for now, here's my talk with Josh. Right here with Josh Katz to talk street photography. How are you, Josh? I'm doing solid, Lynn. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for talking with me. You know, I saw the video you did on street photography and it, it was really cool. I, I loved the the progression you taught through and I thought it might be fun if we talked about that. Tell me how you got into street photography. Absolutely. So I have always been fascinated by people. I once had a rule to myself to not use headphones in the subway because I just wanted to talk to strangers. Uh, and I realized that street photography is this awesome way to engage even further. And sometimes it's passively, you know, it's people watching and sometimes it's incredibly actively having, you know, a long conversation, getting to know people. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just digging into that interest in a new creative manner. So it's really curiosity for you. It sounds like you are just studying human, human beings, really. Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting. Like, what what is the point of street photography? Like, is it to capture an era or to capture a city? Is it to understand people better? I think that you need some sort of motivation um, to really take mm. take street with a purpose more so than just like a novelty shooting process. And um, yeah, for me, it's definitely fascination in the human condition. You know, when you see street photography that doesn't work out well. And I think we've all seen those. Do you think it's because there is not that level of curiosity that it's just, I forget the term you just use. I don't know, something like idle fascination. I'm not sure what you said, but. Um, I think that it's confusing when you go out shooting street for the first few times, like you have to develop motivation and it's uncomfortable and, and awkward and I'll tell you, my first ever street photos, um, I'm not proud of this, but like I went to my local town center in Virginia where I grew up, and I, I took photos of people eating outside, like mid-bite. Like I was just, my goal was mm. to take the most awkward-looking, unpleasant photos of people. And, and that's what I did. It was really fun and super And you amusing. succeeded, right? And I, oh, I did it. It's not hard to get a photo of someone mid-bite, let me tell you. Um, and, and I had no idea what street photography was at the time. It was just, hey, this is a funny thing. Let's just try it out. Um, but, but reflecting back, yeah, that was my foray into it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's weird and, and, and unpleasant. And I, I don't recommend that. I think there are better subjects to shoot, but like comparably That's right. the, the most classic thing people start off with is like, well, we got to take an artistic photo. Let's shoot homeless people. Cause there, you know, there's the struggle yeah. and there's the misery. And, and my rule is don't take, don't take photos of homeless people. I mean, if you build a connection with one, someone and, and, and a relationship, then by all means, but it's, I think it's cheap. I think it's manipulative, um, taking photos of mm-hmm. those that can't um, represent themselves or, or you know, have control of someone sleeping or whatever. 
um, yeah, I don't recommend it. And, and so understanding how to make the mundane beautiful more so than the um, the obvious shots. So what do you look for then these days now that you have been doing it for a while? I have a couple of things. So sometimes if it's nice and sunny out, I'll just focus entirely on light baths. I look for interesting little nuggets of light surrounded by shadows that I could try and frame someone up in because um, it's a nice contrasty photo. It um, always accentuates the subject really nicely. And yeah, guaranteed fun, dramatic shot. And living in New York, there's there's infinite light baths at all times of day. Um, otherwise, I, I focus entirely on composition, and I really like the patient style of street photography where I figure out a frame and I wait for the people to walk into it. So that just involves, you know, I could wait at a spot for an hour for the right thing to come through. But I love that putting in work and uh, having it come to fruition feeling in street. That's that's really gratifying to me. So you find you you find the the spot where you have either your light or the perfect background, or you just wait for something to happen there. Yeah, I like to definitely. So yeah, it sort of starts by searching for a fascinating composition, uh, refining mm-hmm. it, and then studying the flow of traffic of people and and how you can get them perfectly aligned to walk into where you want them. Um, it's a balance of a couple of things, but when it comes together, it's really rewarding. So, so you know, talk me through the composition. Uh, and you, you're making this sound really thoughtful, but I saw you do this before, and you have sort of a knack to just sort of find these things, mm. or and maybe it comes with practice. Sure. What are you looking for in the compositions that you're building? So if I'm taking one of these shots, what will start is – I'm walking around and I notice something of interest, whether it be like some nice light, an interesting color, um, something that just catches my eye. And then I start to circle that. So if it's like, let's say a stairwell, you know, I'll walk up and down the stairwell, I'll see if I can get above it by a flight, below it by a flight, you know, just really um, the full on mm. scout and try a few different things. Um, and once I get night and, and while I'm scouting, I'm looking for interesting compositional opportunities. So I might be, you know, shooting between two mm-hmm. railings or framing someone up um, from an aerial shot or just finding some sort of interesting um, element beyond the actual background, you know, because a, a great background is good, but unless you find something of interest to use with it, um, it it's not worth much. So once I have yeah. a good background and a fascinating composition, I then start to think about the flow of, of traffic and and how you can incorporate that into the process. So let's say you're on the same stairwell and notice like do people walk up on the right side or the left side? And what can you do with that? You know, like if you want your composition for someone to be on the right side, will they be facing the right direction or do you have to turn around or or like maybe even impose a roadblock of sort? Like if I have a friend, I'm like, why don't you go stand on the stairwell? Um, so they have to walk on the other side and that'll sort of prod them in the right direction. Um, alternatively you could even, um, you know, sometimes the the people aren't quite right. Like you have to factor in the, um, riskiness or likelihood of of the shot coming together based on the number of people coming through. So for example, Mm -hmm. if, if you've got, sometimes you just want a fascinating subject to pass through the frame and, and you've got your perfect shot. You don't want some boring looking guy in a Patagonia. You want a guy in a top hat with right. a monocle and a, a, you know, a snake, right. uh, cane of some sort. 
Um, and so you have to think, like, how often are people passing through this frame? And if you've got um, 10 people passing every 30 seconds, then, well, you're in luck. And it might happen if you've got um, one person passing every five minutes, then you've got to be either incredibly lucky or, or potentially lower your standards for what kind of person and where you want them or, or just wait mm-hmm. a long time. So it's sort of this like interesting calculation of um, mm-hmm. the perfect amount of time to spend on the shot and like what is a reasonable type of photo to expect. Um, and then once I have all of this sort of calculated, um, sometimes I'll even set timers. I'll be like, all right, let me give myself half an hour here. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if I think the shot's phenomenal, I'll come back the next day. You know, I'll spend all day if I need to. But if you think the shot's going to be mediocre, give yourself 10 minutes and move on. Um, it's just a lot mm-hmm. of decision-making. And that's, that's the most technical way I could possibly describe it. Well, I've actually I've made videos talking about this with twice the, the depth. But on the, more, um, mm-hmm. on, on the more general side, sometimes it's just like, oh, this is a fascinating place. Like, person catches my eye. Let's just shoot the photo and you get it. So sometimes it's a lot more impromptu oh, and oh. random. Well, I was going to ask you about that because it, it it sounds like you build from the back and that's interesting too, but do you ever go looking for interesting people and build from that? You know what I, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. I mean, like I think you, there's you, two you, types of street photographers, Lynn. I think that you have um the people that love to just be on their feet the entire day and walking around and they their shtick is finding the most interesting people. So, they may not even yeah. have a well-composed photo. Um, I mean, of course, the best guys, most interesting people in the most interesting places. But there, there's definitely right. a big scene of street photographers out there that focus entirely on searching for fascinating humans. And composition can go to the wayside. And mm-hmm. I think that's a perfectly reputable, respectable style that sometimes I, I employ. I mean, when I saw someone in Harlem um, directing the flow of a um, fire hydrant to splash all the people in an open-top tour bus passing by, like – it was overexposed. <laughs> I blew out the sky, but man, that's a great photo. Um, you know, it was a great cell- moment. Right? Yeah, cell phones were ruined in that process, and it's um, you know, it's a it's a crazy shot to get. Very, it's it's, it's a New York photo. Um, so yeah, sometimes yes. sometimes these things have to go to the wind, and that's totally okay. But definitely, my my personal type of style is um, to be a little more meticulous, and sometimes I'll walk and I'll I'll, I'll follow an interesting person if I need to. And wait for them to line up with something great, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I like <laughs> stalking them now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I do a little bit of stalking for sure. Um, I think funny. I think like I have a rule of like maybe only four or five blocks. There's a point at which it becomes horrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, also, um, I make sure that I, sh- I should add that when I shoot, I'm incredibly friendly. Like I, some people have a rule mm-hmm. of not don't say a word to your subjects. Like that's a very like purist street photography, um, perspective. Right. I love to say what's up. Um, I still like to catch cap like candid moments and I uh, shoot before talking to them, but like, I'm not afraid to say hi or like offer to send them the photo. You know, it's, it's cool when people, you catch someone yeah. looking glorious to, to then offer them the shot. Um, and it's, there's a lot more of a positive experience for everyone than like shoving a camera in someone's face and running mm-hmm. away, which I also do. 
<laughs> right. To be fair. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I do have similar motivations. I, I, I like to meet people when I'm out shooting. I think for me, that's the, that makes it more satisfying as well because they're, there are 8 million stories they used to say in, in New York. So why not go out and find and tell a couple? So, so we, we talked to initially about sort of like the way I had envisioned, and I think you explained it this way too, three levels of street, of, of street. One, let's, why don't I let you define this? Um, sure. How you see those, those, those sort of, progressions okay so bringing this back to um the discomfort of starting off shooting street it's hard it's awkward the shove a camera in someone's face is brash and i'll tell you what i have to work my own confidence up each day i shoot by starting off with some uh mm-hmm. some testers and some throwaway shots before like the perfect man or woman passes by and i'm confident enough to really jam my camera uh wherever it needs to be jammed and get that photo um but anyway, mm-hmm. uh, in the long term, what I recommend people do is they, they break it off into steps. So the first the first step is shooting candidates where no one even knows you took the photo. So that's like you're shooting from across the street, you get a little zoom lens on, or you're you're hidden in some sort of capacity, it could be above it, whatever it is, um, so that you're just you're, you're taking photos of strangers. They don't realize it. Um, they continue on with their lives, um, and it's very low stakes, right? Like. You don't have to con- confront anyone. Um, so you can do shooting from afar. You can do hidden. We can do um, – is there anything else, Lynn? I mean, we have we were talking about this before the podcast, and we were in full agreement on this process. Yeah. What am I missing here? Yeah, yeah. No, it's so – right. There's that one where you're just – they don't see you. <clears throat> you're the observer. And then I would do one where you are, you know, you can get close almost like a journalist would. Like a journalist would go in and record a scene and everyone is aware that the journalist is recording the scene and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. So, and then there's another one where you actually stop and interrupt them and say, hey, I'd like you to participate with me in creating Mm. this image. So so here's where I deviate from you. I would say the the second phase after the candidate or unobstructed shooting is to then pick a spot where people notice you like you it could be like you post up on a corner Mm -hmm. um and if you pick somewhere slightly busy enough um where people are going to see you taking photos but they're not going to realize you're photographing them necessarily because you're also photographing other Mm -hmm. people so they might see you click the frame when they walk past then you're continuing to shoot the next person and it's it becomes a lot less confrontational um because they walked into Mm -hmm. your frame um, then if you were to like right, right. shoot the camera, then very deliberately, like I am taking a photo of you. And what happens with that? When they walk into your photo, oftentimes people feel like instead of you being the aggressor, yeah, they apologize. And and it kind of flips right. the script on what traditional street photography is, which makes it uh, you know a good place to, to lean in. And I, I do that a lot still. Um, and then the next step to me is the Bruce Gilden technique of – literally jamming a camera in someone's face or it could be a little more subtle um it typically is more subtle but if you see someone you know you cross the street and you follow them for a block and you take a photo and you Mm -hmm. unabashedly shoot that photo um now whether Mm -hmm. you want to interact with them or not that's totally up to you um sometimes i say what's up and have a conversation with them maybe shoot a few portraits and and it can definitely evolve into street portraiture other times you just got to keep moving um it really also depends on how people react to you 
if someone's aggressive, right. then you have to be courteous of that and know how to de-escalate, which can sometimes mean moving on. Other times it can mean explaining to them what you did. Um, if someone's happy, uh, well, yeah, and they're an interesting person, why not have it lead into a portrait session? It, um, yeah, you really have to just read the room. Um, yeah. Read the room. It's it's so funny. Uh, I, I know if you're familiar with Jay Mizell, he does a lot of street photography in New York City. I'm not. And he had a comment. He said that, um, he said, if someone notices you taking the photograph, it's probably because they're not doing anything. So he's looking for people who are always busy doing things. And he said, if they notice you it's pro- and on a busy street, it's because they're not doing anything and you need to find someone who's actually doing something that's interesting. Oh, that's a, that's I thought a that was sort role. of an interesting observa- observation. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because if you find the right subject, their just pure existence is fascinating enough to make for a phenomenal photo. Um, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but definitely um, action is what, takes a photo to the next level and like uh, even the most boring of people doing the most peculiar of things is, is an excellent shot. Right. I think that's really where he's going. And what part of my background is is also in photojournalism. So, you know, you're taught to look for the story and I think, you know, that can be helpful too in street, like who's doing something interesting here and what, you know, is a story unfolding like you'd like you'd see this and you want to go home and tell your family you won't believe what I saw today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the thing I'm looking for yeah. a lot of times. And it's very neat when when you pursue it with a um, a friendly uh, conversational attitude, where it, yes. and it does evolve into photojournalism because it starts street photography is like at its base level it's 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 voyeurism with with photography. Mm-hmm. Um, yet when you have enough connection and it develops into a story you might even turn into a series by following this person consensually um photographing whatever they're doing mm-hmm. yeah now it is 100 percent photojournalism so like you know street um humans in new york that's photojournalism right to me that's right, and, right. And, but it's a thin line and um I think some people in his early stuff, he would follow them around for half a day and, and do these really long exposés on, you know, this person's day. Mm. And it was, that stuff was fascinating. Yeah. Those were cool. They now make so many TV shows are focused on that sort of like voyeuristic perspective and interesting people. Mm -hmm. If if you're a street Mm -hmm. photographer, I highly recommend you watch the show high maintenance. It's about a weed delivery guy and all the people he delivers to. It does expert weed delivery. Yeah, he's like a weed delivery really? guy in New York, but it focuses on um, the people he delivers to, um, and it's all types of people from like um, you know an orthodox uh, defector in Bedsty to one of the can collecting ladies in Lower East Side, and you, you really? know he delivers to them, and then you see the expose on their life, um, and it's fascinating. It's just that, yeah, each episode is a different deep dive, and, and to me, it really nicely aligns with the street photographer's curiosity of like you see these people, you're like. What's their story? Who are they? And and this yeah. is a show that is entirely devoted to this is their story, and it's always the most hmm. uh, sexy people that you've always wondered, not not sexy attractive, <laughs> but like uh, sexy fascinating lifestyles. Curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is high maintenance. Yeah, you I said? can't recommend it enough. One of my favorites. Is this Netflix? Uh, I think it's HBO. HBO. Oh, f- figures. Okay. <laughs> If you're not subscribed Sounds to 25 like streaming platforms right now, then you're not going to have anything you're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs>
No, it's almost like so, you know. I thought that's is up their alley because they did like the the voyeuristic thing of the taxi c- confessions. I think it was for a while mm-hmm. they used to do, and a lot of these sort of uh, slice of life in New York. Yeah, I think voyeurism is the new trend. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or the age old trend. So this. <laughs> The age-old trend, yeah, no kidding. So what do you suggest for someone who says, and I'm sure you get this, I could never, like, I think this, there's a natural curiosity you have, and and even even for an introvert, I you sort of have to make yourself, and, and what's-his-face said this too from Humans of New York, Brandon Stanton, every time he goes out, he also has to get himself into that mood where you can approach people mm. because it's it's tough for so for someone who who can't see themselves getting over that hump mm-hmm. like i don't know if i could ever photograph because i'm too you know sure. worried about how they'll, they'll perceive me what do you say to that first of all street photography is not for everyone second of all the, the three phases i gave mm. even though jamming a photo with a camera with a flash in someone's face is the most um aggressive of street photography styles and i list it as the last one it's not the best and the reason why i want people to try all these things is because one of them might click and there i can Mm -hmm. name a number of examples of the best photographers that do each of these things so there are plenty of phenomenal street photographers who are never noticed by their subjects um so that's that's a perfectly Mm -hmm. respectable Mm -hmm. route to go down but i do really encourage people try all three no matter how uncomfortable it makes them um to um, uh, to figure out what what works for them, and I think I actually forgot one that I, I want to throw in there. In between um, having okay. people walk past you into the frame and actually taking a photo unsuspected of people, I I put you know call it two and a half or whatever. Um, walk up to someone <laughs> and ask to take their photo. Say hey, I lead in with a compliment. And a smile. Right. Um, I think this hat's really cool. Can I take a shot really quick? And um, you'd be shocked by how many people say yes. And when someone says no, you've got nothing to lose. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, street photography is not for everyone. And some people might be only street portrait takers. Maybe they only like to ask people for their photos. So it's never a, um, unconsensual or non-consensual experience. Um, or maybe you like to be the voyeur that no one notices or, or whatever. Uh, or, or maybe you're, you're best off just only shooting, with models because you're not meant to photograph strangers. It's, mm. it's definitely, it takes a certain personality type to, to love and um, aggressively pursue this sort of thing. And I, it's, I highly encourage everyone to experiment with it. But if, um, if, if you're mortified by it, Interesting. there's no need, you know, it's, it's not for everyone. By any <laughs> right. It's, it, it's funny. I had, you know, in my, in my class, I take people through all three. And by the end, I think most people who thought they were apprehensive find they could, you know, have fun. But I remember there was one lady who said, I said, you know, I said at the end, what'd you learn today? She goes, I learned this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I can respect that. Yeah. <laughs> now, you I know, mean, there's a lot of incredibly established photographers and, and most good photographers like to dabble with many subjects. There's a lot that wouldn't touch street mm-hmm. photography. That's just like, it's really, really not for them. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. here's another small tip. Do it in a wealthy area. Um, start off. Interesting. Start off, like, Why do you well, say that? Okay, um, starting off in Soho, you're photographing tourists. You're photographing um, just like 
typically friendly people that have something to do um, versus if you if you go to a dangerous area, like street photography can be dangerous. And like I don't mm-hmm. normally talk about this because it's not like the sexiest way to encourage people to, to do this. But like, yeah, I mean, if you think that um, people are aggressive or, or mean or um, yeah, less open to this, then then I'd be somewhat cautious and like starting off in, in an area like Soho or uh, Times Square or just your, your local town center. That's interesting. Uh, that's an interesting um, thought. I hadn't considered that way. I, I, I typically go where people are doing things to start, like Times Square, for instance, is, was where I would start people off who had never done this before because there's just so much going on and everyone's busy, so they're not likely to see you. So that's the, an easy place to just set up and shoot undetected. Definitely. I mean, if we're talking Manhattan, um, but, the entire but, the entire borough yeah. is, is perfectly safe, pretty much. Um, so you don't really have to worry yeah, about it. But yeah, exactly. I mean, there are definitely, I've been to countries where I'm in a neighborhood and I'm like, all right, this is not the place. This is a place where I should either be very, very discreet or, um, or super, super respectful and like ask for the photo first. You just hit something I hadn't thought about uh, in another country because you're a world traveler. Do you do it in other countries? And, and so how do you approach uh, any differently than you would in, a, in the United yeah, States. Yeah, it's it's a funny thing because when you don't know the language, it's a whole other game. Like I can mm-hmm. talk myself out of situations in New York or anywhere in the U.S. Um, if someone f- loses their mind at me, uh, all I can say is um, I'm sorry, whatever. Like so, so basically, here's what I do. I first of all do a lot of non-confrontational shooting. So I'll I'll like have people walk into my shot or shoot discreetly. Um, or again, if I'm in a really nice area, I might be a little more aggressive, but if it's a dangerous country or, or a dangerous part of the country, then I'm a little bit more conservative. So like, um, mm-hmm. you know, like somewhere in Israel, um, yeah, you want to be a little bit on edge about these sort of things. You could, you could photograph the wrong person. Um, mm-hmm. but the other thing I do is I use Google translate. So I, first of all, I always, um, I learn how to say, may I take your photo? And usually they respond with okay. why. Uh, and you have to have some sort of canned line. So like mine will typically be something like, because you're beautiful. Or like, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of Spanish-speaking countries and I can like have, I've got like the, the, the worst mm-hmm. um, the worst Spanish. But I can usually drop a couple of lines um, just to put them at ease. Right. Um, so, so something like that. And, and worst case scenario, you... Um, Take out your phone. Use Google Translate. Uh, I always download the languages offline mode. So if I don't have a, a data plan, I can actually like type it in really quickly and make sure I get that translation. Because like I, I took this photo in Spain recently, and you know Catalan is not my not my top tier language. So I, I there was this beautiful man, uh, heavy set, just looked like a just a powerful dude, um, and there was the most insane lighting. And I just needed to move over two feet to the left. Um, and just through um, body language and can you move to the left for a photo, thanks to Google Translate, I got one of my favorite street photos in a long time. Um, hmm. and, and that's the other thing. Like One thing you'll learn from being in foreign countries is body language uh, and, and a smile can take you incredibly far. Um, and and you, can, you can sure. have a true connection with someone. Um, even if you can't speak their language. And, and sometimes that's actually 
advantageous to not be able to speak their language because you're not expected to explain and you can kind of pawn yourself off as a dumb tourist. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in like a city like New York, people are kind of savvy and they know a street photographer and they know some dude that's probably taking some art photo right. and, and they can be mad about that versus if you've got a strap around your neck with some Canon DSLR in, um, in Spain, you're a tourist. You're for all intents and purposes considered <laughs> to be a tourist. And with that comes right. getting away with a lot more. And I, I definitely take advantage of that. Um, I, I play confused tourists all the time. Um, and that's a, that's a cool way to get away with some, some edgier shots. Confused tourist. I love it. Um, you, you said that you start wrapping this up. You said that you, you have some de-escalation techniques. Like if you, if you happen to, you know, someone approaches you angrily about taking their photograph, what do you do? And sure. like, how do you counsel people to deal so with it's, that? It's definitely a case by case basis. Um, I'd say, first of all, if the person seems violent, and I haven't, I, I've had my camera shoved at and I've been spit at, but like nothing too serious. Um, Whoa. If the person. That sounds it, I serious. Mean, that's, it's, it's whatever. It's like, if you feel like your life is in danger, as, as can happen, um, right. you need to know yeah. when to yield. Um, so, so sometimes mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. are times when you just need to walk really fast the other way and get out of there. But, but that is, I don't recommend that. In most cases, if, if, even if the person's mad, um, you know, you should also, you need to know your rights, um, where it is right. legal uh, to do street photography. Um, but in the words of Bruce Gilden, um, just because it's legal doesn't mean you're not going to get punched in the nose. So if, if you know, if the person <laughs> wants it deleted, um, it's up to you. Like, you know your rights. You don't have to delete it. But if the person's pissed, then it's not a bad idea. If you're shooting film, you're in a whole other boat. Um, but you don't have to delete it. Um, and yeah. I sort of go based on how good I think the photo was and how respectful the person is. Mm-hmm. If the photo is a spectacular photo, um, then I, I, I might, you know, I, I might keep it. But, but this is really worst case scenario. And I have to say, when someone confronts me about shooting their photo, 10% of the time, it's a negative experience. 90% of the time, it's, it's really positive. And that's because one, I lead with a smile. I know how to compliment. I know how to just not mm-hmm. be a, a creep, you know, because their first reaction mm-hmm, is this mm-hmm. dude's a creep. Um, and you can de-escalate that so immediately. So just by being friendly and saying hi and not mm-hmm. being coy about what you were doing, even showing them the photo. I take email addresses all the time and say, I'd love to send you this photo because you right, look great. Right, and right. Um, yeah, so so it's, it's, it's interesting because when someone like wants to say something to you as opposed to keeping on going with whatever they're doing, it can lead to a negative confrontation or a 20 minute portraiture session. And I've had both. Um, right. So right. yeah, it's, it's just, just being friendly. Can, I, I can't recommend that enough. I think I did a video several years ago called, are you a journalist or a jerk? Because <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in any one of those situations, you could, you know, go either way. Um, it would, you, as long as you're in service of the story, Absolutely. I think you're a journalist. And I think that, um, you have to know when to be a jerk. There are times when it's it's worth it. <laughs> it's when it's worth it. I love it. I love it. All right. Anything we missed here, Josh? This is a lot of good stuff. Thank you. Oh, been my pleasure. Uh, I'd say I, I feel like I've been a little bit negative throughout the course of this interview, and and I just I do want to you stress do? this one more time. Well, just in terms of like 
scared straight tactics. Um, and I, I do want to stress <laughs> that um, if you go into street photography with the right mentality, knowing that you just want to take nice pictures um, and, and meet good people and make them look good, then you're going to have a positive experience. And uh, yeah, absolutely, don't be deterred by negativity. No, no, no. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you, you share that message. I didn't take it as that. I think there's so many great opportunities to, to tell stories and to meet people. It's just a, it's, it can be a tremendous experience. So that's a good message to close on. Um, where do people see your street, your street work? Sure. So I've got an Instagram. It's at Josh Katz, K-A-T-Z. I've got a, a YouTube channel where I do tons of tutorials on everything from street photography to skateboarding to portraiture, just about every type of photography I, I love to teach. And that's youtube.com slash Josh Katz. Um, I've also got a whole course that you can find on my website, joshkatz.me. And yeah, that, that, those are my three main uh, social media websites. Excellent, excellent, and and I I'll just throw in gratuitously for you, Josh, that you also do really great skateboard photography as well. So, if anyone's in, interested in that, hey, very much. That's kind of fun it. stuff too. Yeah, I don't. Just yeah, we did a we did a photo walk. I want to make this very clear. I love photography of all types, right. and if I'm in the mountains, I'm shooting landscapes. So, hmm. Yeah, shoot. What's what's in front of you? All right. Very good. So anything else you wanted to share that I might have overlooked? I think that just about sums it up, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. Perfect. Hey, this was a lot of fun, Josh. Thank you again for for chatting it with us here. Awesome. Now, are you ready to go shoot some street photography? Hey, if you're on the East Coast, join me on October 5 for Worldwide Photo Walk Day when I'll be leading a photo walk on street photography and street portraiture. You can see how I do it in real time, in real life, with real people. You can find the link for that on the show notes for this episode. Also, you can check to see Josh's video, links to his work, and of course, our bonus interview. So check that out, and I hope to see you there in New York or in New Orleans for our four-day workshop. Now, by the way, if you're curious about Canon lenses, take my free Ultimate Guide to Canon Lenses. Go to learncanon.com forward slash lenses. It's the best way to learn which lens you ought to buy next. Next week, I'm on my way out to Zion and all those parks in Utah for a much-needed vacation. And naturally, I'm hoping to get some amazing images to share and some tips and lessons that I might have learned along the way. Hey, I'd love to see whatever you create, wherever you are. You know, tag me, learn your canon on any of the social media platforms. I'd love to see what you're working on. Thank you so much for spending another episode with me. I'll talk to you again next week. Cheers. Cheers.